welcome to the 65th Womanthology Podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton and I'll be your host. Womanthology is the digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. In this episode, marking International Day of the Girl 2023, I will be chatting with Hope Primus, Video On Demand Scheduled Executive at ITV. Hope shares her career journey to date and reflects on the importance of International Day of the Girl, as well as the need for equitable access to technology for girls. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website, that's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on X, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome to the Womanthology podcast. Today we have with us Hope Primus and she is a video on demand executive at ITV. Welcome to the podcast, Hope. How are you doing today? Hi, Fiona. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Those who are followers of Womanthology will know that we've spoken to you in a written article before, but off the back of that, we've stayed in touch. And so I've invited you back to take part in a podcast. I'm ever so excited about finding more about your story. And obviously we're talking about International Day of the Girl 2023 as well. Yeah, I'm excited to get chatting to you. So would you be able to give us a bit of a recap for those who missed your article you shared before we can link back to that in the show notes but for those people who missed that yeah definitely so as you said I am currently a board schedule executive at ITV slash ITVX I've been in this team for about a year now prior to this I worked in content delivery which was a sister department that focused on delivering files internally and externally for ITV working very closely with the archive In terms of my education, I've always been interested in media, so a lot of my educational choices, if not all of them, were focused on making sure that I could have a job like this. So I studied A-level media and I studied broadcast journalism at the University of Salford. I graduated about five years ago now, so it's been a, a few years of working in the actual television industry, which has been great. I'm at a point now where I'm sort of looking at the steps that I've taken in the past and thinking about what do I want to do next in terms of giving back with sort of the skills that I've learned. And you're really quite active in the space as well, aren't you? So we'll talk a little bit later about the support that you're giving to other people who want to go into the media as well. So looking forward to finding out more. And International Day of the Girl 2023 is coming up on the 11th of October. Why is it important for us to mark this day each year? What does it mean to you? International Day of the Girl. It's relatively new, isn't it? It's really important to take a moment and reflect on the journey of women as a whole, not just in media, but women's rights to work and to have a pension and to have their own identity and have their own independence, as well as being a mother, a sister, a girlfriend, a partner. Whatever role you play personally doesn't mean that you can't also have a professional life. So I think that marking this day is really important to celebrate the journey of women 
so far but also have a not a debrief but like reflection on okay this is what we've done so far but what are the issues now there's increased the visibility of women in specific sectors as well because it's given them a platform to say this is a woman that works in this industry this is a woman that works in that industry that you might not have known if this day wasn't carved out just to speak about women so I think it's really important you're a big advocate for getting people into tech generally but girls into tech why is equal access to technology for girls such a vital issue I know the United Nations are very big on this women make up 50 percent of the population so that's half of the people in the population that need to be recognized and supported technology has been seen and is still seen in some respects as a very male dominated field even though in my career i've been really fortunate to be exposed to loads of women in tech and loads of women that have quite high roles in the digital field but Equally, I wouldn't have known that they were in that positions until I got that role. So I was never aware of, oh, this is the manager or this is the head person of this department or these are all the females that work in this department until you get there. Mm -hmm. um, so I think technology is in so many aspects, if not all aspects of our lives now. Like even, for example, the way that the NHS books your appointments, you can see all your appointments on an app. We get so sort of used to everything becoming technology focused, but the conversation around who's building this technology, who's looking at this technology, who's supporting the users that use this technology, those conversations need to be had as well, because there are women not only doing it in the sector, but women are wanting to break through to the sector, they're wanting to learn about it. So I think that's important because there are, there is a need for diversity within the workplace for representation of women. But equally, there are women that want to learn about it, but they might not because they might not feel that they have access to the resources that they'll need to break into the digital sector. This is the generation that is growing up with technology-based access. A lot of schoolwork now, even primary schools, especially over COVID, was sent for students to do on iPads and laptops. This is the first time that people have been sent home in mass numbers like that to do all of your work on something that's technology driven. So equally, as those students get older, they will know more about technology than, for example, I did at the age that they're being exposed to it. Technology is a really big sector in terms of the jobs and the resource that's needed in the world at the moment. And I think by giving girls an equal opportunity allows them to have more of an equal playing field in terms of social and economic status that they can actually compete with the males that are working in this industry that they have equal access and opportunities to roles that they're skilled in but also something that's really important to me is the personal development if a woman or if a girl doesn't have access to working in an industry that they feel passionate about it's not helpful for their self-esteem, for their own personal development, for the goals that they want to achieve. Then it, for me personally, it fears, you know, what impact is that now going to have on my mental health for me not being able to actually go full head of steam and research or apply myself to something that I want to work in. And I think you've touched on there's so many issues around this as well, but access to opportunities but there's also things like diversity of thought as well so for yeah when companies are developing new products new services if you've not got 
girls and women involved in the mix, it's not going to be as good a product or as good a service. So there was that old example that people use quite often of there was an app that one of the large technology companies, which I won't mention, had developed. It was a health app and they'd forgotten to mention periods. Yeah. And, and so if, if you've not got women in the mix and it goes right back to school age, doesn't it? I think there's a lot of interventions that are going on at the moment where organizations want to speak to girls and they want to get girls into STEM and there's all of these issues because if you lose them at that early age then you're constantly trying to catch up and you're trying to re-engage them so if you can keep girls engaged from an early age that's then your pathway to having more women in STEM better products better services and this equality of opportunity as well you've you know there's so many things you've touched on there as well in terms of digital generation it's a first generation, as you say, where everybody's just had to be schooled using technology because of COVID, mm-hmm. because of lockdowns. So we've got to get this right, haven't we? More than ever, it's always been important, but it's it's getting more important. Yeah, definitely. I can't agree more with what you just said there. That also, as AI develops, so we, we, there's all this stuff about AI being used and generative AI, but AI is only the product of the people who have put that together and developed that. So as AI becomes more prolific, then if you've got less women and other underrepresented groups involved in putting that together, then the AI goes off on its own tangent because it can only learn from the information it's given so if we've not got a diverse group of people contributing to ai that's a whole thing in itself as well and it just becomes a, a much bigger and i think thing. that's more dangerous as well with ai because these are things that are being created now to hopefully last a long time so then it's like well if this infrastructure is only understanding this perspective, then how are you supposed to go back in and alter that when you realise actually we missed out a whole massive demographic? What's going to happen then? Yeah, and then it just carries on because it's learning and developing from what it thinks is good information, but it's not good information if we've not got this diversity of thought feeding into it. So there's probably a whole other podcast out there as well. But uh, in terms of your particular sector of broadcasting, what are the mm-hmm. issues in that space there? Because I know you do a lot for younger people in that space. What are the issues in broadcasting in particular? Yeah, so I think this question is a difficult question because it's really hard to underpin a specific issue, in my view, because I've always seen broadcast as it's ultimately a representation of the of viewers, right? And all viewers are different, even if demographically they fit into the same category, they're still different, right? They have different opinions, different needs. So I think that it's really difficult to underpin one issue with broadcast. And I think it's quite tricky to say this is the issue because ultimately then I only fit into certain demographics. So something that might be an issue for me might not be an issue for someone else or something that I might think is great might be a massive issue in another community. However, I do think that over recent years for my personal demographic of being a black female I have seen a lot of change in terms of representation so for example I've seen a lot more ethnic minority women presenting on mainstream television primetime slots on daytime television it's not always the niche channels as well it's mainstream tv I'm seeing a lot more ethnic minority women on television sites like YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, even Facebook Live, I think they're really helpful for the industry as a whole because it allows the viewer to sort of go out and seek what you want. It's not, this is the schedule of 
what a company's deciding that you have to watch and you have to choose between five channels like it was when I was growing up. You can actually be like, I'm going to go and watch someone that is diverse or she has a disability. So I think having access to being able to pick what you want to watch is a massive like development for the broadcast industry. And equally, I do feel like the linear channels are sort of following that across many different companies. Like you see sort of the change that's happening in the tech world and the the growth and the exposure and the increase of opportunities that's happening through bloggers and people that are influencers. It is sort of trickling back down to the, the linear sides because I think those sort of people are understanding that the representation pool is a lot bigger. But to go back to your question about the issues of broadcasting, I think it's really difficult to say. And I think it's something that needs to be looked at in terms of representation. Are we actually representing all of our viewers? Because only the viewers can tell you if they feel represented. You can't say, oh, we've represented that group just because you think you've ticked a few boxes. It's ultimately up to the viewer and there's millions of viewers all over the place. So I think it's really hard to answer that question. Sorry, Hope, I'm giving you all the tricky questions today. I saw something yesterday <laughs> on LinkedIn and somebody was talking about even if you've got representation, that doesn't then mean that you've got equity and people have got that feeling of fitting in as well either. So even if you get to the stage where you've got representation, it's not necessarily inclusive. No, I, I completely agree. It might not be inclusive and it might not be positive. You can represent something in any way, but was that a positive representation? Was that a negative representation? Was it an accurate representation? Because you can represent someone, but you could be like, well, that's not exactly how it is. So I think that streaming sites and a lot of taking down the fourth wall between the talent and the viewers where people can comment and say what they want to see next. You see it all the time with sort of like um, Instagrammers and YouTubers where they'll say, tell me what you want to see on my channel. And then they'll go through the comments. And then from that, the audience feels like they're being listened to and in a way represented because they're like, this is something that I need. There's someone that's doing it on her channel because we spoke up and said we want to see it. I think that pattern of sort of thought behind it is what a lot of people are now applying to sort of their business model, so to speak. Like, what does the audience actually want? And then we give it to them. And then in that way, you have a healthy relationship between the broadcaster, and I say broadcaster in quotation marks, because when I'm speaking about it in terms of this question, I'm thinking about people that upload on YouTube and Instagram, as well as mainstream broadcasters. But by listening to the audience and the people that are using your services, I think that is a really good way that companies are starting to sort of combat the issues that may be underlying in the industry. Yeah, you make lots of excellent points there. So what needs to change? I recently read an article published by, I think it was womenintech.co.uk that said 22% of people think that the main reason women are being put off from a career in tech is early misconceptions from lack of education in young girls. So I think that really goes back to what you said earlier about telling students from a young age, not waiting until they're 15 or 16, telling them from primary school or early secondary school ages what options are available and giving them access to studying and preparing for those. Um, because the quote went on to say, by seeing more female roles in tech, young girls will start to see IT as a realistic and attractive career option. And I feel like I couldn't have said that better myself. If you see someone 
um doing something then you know okay that's achievable sometimes not everyone has the ability to say well I'm going to be the first some people need to have a role model so we need to create role models for those people to see that this is achievable and these are the steps that you can take to get there yeah I think I think you're absolutely right and in terms of championing girls and other underrepresented groups in broadcasting I know you've been really active what sorts of things have you been doing yeah so it's been quite a busy year actually so in I think it was May I spoke at the media production and technology show in London at the Olympia and I basically was just sharing some tips on what does the industry need to do in order to help support the next start of young people coming up and wanting to work in the media industry and then I've been interviewed by the Media Careers podcast which is a new podcast that's come out by Carrie Wooten she was the founder of Rise which is a scheme that I was on I think it was last year or the year before Um, but I had an interview with her, was very in-depth about my journey from high school up until now and sort of the obstacles that I've faced, but then also any tips as well that I'd give in terms of the industry and just like a lot of school visits, a lot of just giving people advice, like even if it's a colleague, like I had, there was someone at work that was leaving and I hadn't spoken to him in a few months. So I just sat with him and he was asking me questions similarly about, what would you do in this situation? What have you, what have you done in the past? And any advice? I think it's really important to sort of. I see myself as a channel, as like I'm learning things that help in my career, but I also think it's important to pass it on and not to just be selfish with the lessons that I'm learning. Yeah, well, you you don't come across as selfish at all. I can't think of anybody more generous in sharing <laughs> their their story and their information and and their journey because yeah, it can sometimes it can just be this one person hears something that you're doing or one person listens to this podcast and thinks right I'm going to do something differently and that can change a whole person's life that's what I love about doing things like this because yeah it it can make such a a, a difference and you might not even know the difference that it's made but uh, it can change the whole direction of somebody's life so I think it just means such a lot so thank you I really enjoy giving back and just helping people that are passionate as well. It's really hard to break into the media industry. Some people do end up lucky or end up things just work out. But then I think maintaining a role in the industry is also very hard. So any support we can give when it's an industry that people are going to be relying on for years and years and years and years to come, we need to pass down that knowledge to make sure that the work stays at the level that it is at. So it's something that's needed, definitely. Well, I would say to you, Hope, don't go changing. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for supporting me, Fiona. I appreciate it. (laughs) It's my pleasure to chat with you. So we're coming to the end now. I've got a couple of questions left for you. But I wanted to say as well, what are you doing to celebrate International Day of the Girl this year? What's going to be your plans for the day? Well, so I checked earlier, actually. I think it falls on a Wednesday. It's something that because people don't really speak about it, I hadn't even thought but Wednesdays are the days that I am usually in the office I think I'll probably have a lunch with some of my female tech colleagues and actually just enjoy hopefully it'll it'll be a nice day but nothing too big hopefully I'll be able to reference this when it's out Uh, but it will just be nice to have just some natural conversations around what other people think about it over like lunch or a coffee so that'll be nice well I hope you will have a lovely day and um, what's coming up next for you hope what are you looking forward to that can be in work that can be out of work that can be whatever you like do you know what I'm really looking forward to just 
continuing with working like my day role in VOD channel management, honestly, I really enjoy it. Um, and I'm not just saying that because you're interviewing me. Everyone that I speak to knows like I really enjoy it and I'm still learning a lot about that. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I've also been asked and announced to be a judge at the Broadcast Tech Awards this year. So the judging for that open soon for those entries and the award ceremony is in November and time is just flying this year. So I think by the next time we speak, that probably is going to be over. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to have a good sort of personal and professional work-life balance and just sort of each opportunity that comes up, really just looking at it, thinking, is this going to be beneficial for the audience? I don't know if you remember once, Fiona, we did actually um, plan to do another interview. And when I read the questions, I knew that I wasn't going to do it justice. So I'm not just doing everything all the time. If I think that the audience, that the the text is aimed at will benefit from my experience, then I'm really happy to sort of look into that further. But then equally, if I do get given something that I feel like I need to go and learn more about it, I just add it to my list of things to learn about and then just keep it moving. <laughs> well, I think that's quite a good uh, metaphor to end on, keep on moving. So thank you so much. Um, Great. And thank you so much for um, creating a platform and a space for you to discuss these issues. I think it's really helpful. Well, it's been a pleasure. You just take care. Take care. In this section of the show, we hear about the contributors who have shared their stories in our new written issue. The stories include Hester Poole, a para-alpine skier, disability rights activist and fundraiser, discusses increasing awareness and challenging stereotypes about people who are blind and partially sighted. Hester has recently appeared on the Channel 5 show, Puppy School for Guide Dogs, where she shared her childhood experience of being matched with a buddy dog, Dash, and more recently, her new pairing with Pickle, a guide dog who is helping her navigate as she begins a new phase in her life as she makes the transition to adulthood. Natasha Kaplinski, OBE, is one of the UK's best-known broadcasters, and since 2010, she has been a hardworking and dedicated ambassador for Save the Children. In the lead-up to International Day of the Girl 2023, Natasha discusses, amongst other things, how the triple threat of conflict, climate change and the ongoing impacts of COVID-19 is putting girls' ability to survive, learn and be protected at risk in many parts of the world and what Save the Children is doing to help. Rose Mullen is a cohort lead at North Coders, a provider of industry-leading coding boot camps. She shares her career journey and reflects on how equal access to technology is a fundamental step in achieving gender equity by providing girls with the tools and opportunities they need to excel in education, careers and life. Do check out our website, womanthology.co.uk, to read the full stories. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do and share the link for the show on social media and also follow the show. Your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. Join us for the next podcast episode where we mark Black History Month in the UK. 